0: new york i'm adam teeter and this is a vine pair next round conversation and today we are lucky to be speaking with louis Catazone of saint Agrestis. louis thanks so much for joining me
1: absolute pleasure thanks for having me adam
0: so for those who are unaware uh can you give us the pitch on saint agrestus
1: sure so saint agrestus is an italian inspired spirits and cocktails company we um We're based in Greenpoint in Brooklyn, New York. We've existed since 2014, um, but the brand changed hands in 2017. Uh, And we really have four core products. Um, St. Agrestis Negroni, St. Agrestis Spritz. Those are our two ready-to-drink cocktails. And then the core spirit, St. Agrestis Amaro and St. Agrestis Inferno Bitter Apertivo. Awesome. And uh, how did the brand come to be? The brand was founded in 2014 by two sommeliers. Um, They were in Northern Italy on a wine trip, uh, as sommeliers have the luxury and pleasure of being able to do during normal times. And they fell in love with regional Amari while they were in Northern Italy. And they kind of decided on that trip that they would come back to Brooklyn and create Saint Agrestis Amaro. Uh, They didn't create any of the other Saint Agrestis items that I just explained. Those were created after the brand changed hands, but they created Saint Agrestis Amaro and and ran with it until 2017. Awesome.
0: And then that's when sort of you came into the picture?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we started to see Saint Agrestis less and less. I started to hear whispers. I was on the distribution side of the business, important okay. distribution side. Um, I started to hear rumors that the brand was disappearing and that was late 2016. And then by summer, 2017, we, uh, we, we closed the, on the brand. We brought production from Gowanus over to Greenpoint and had some, some fun and exciting tricks up our sleeves for the launches that, you know, now are on the market. Awesome. So, um,
0: Obviously, you know, you have these these four-core products. Uh one of the things though that I think is really brilliant that you guys do is you put uh the Negroni in boxes.
1: How did that happen? I had been thinking about putting the Negroni in a box for years. Uh I think it's it's the perfect cocktail to be in a bag and box format for for a multitude of reasons. But the impetus of it actually begins with a trip One of my very first trips out of market to go visit a different city in the United States and Uh work the market with our distributor out there. I was in Minneapolis visiting the wine company, who's our incredible distributor in the state of Minnesota, and the folks uh, were taking me out around, and we were at a retail shop, which was understandably much larger than a New York retailer that I had been used to, and the the buyer said, okay, these Negronis are incredible and, and we love them. And we're going to bring them in, but Minnesotans don't want things small. They want things big. And as he's saying, it, I'm literally staring at a, a display of bag-and-box wine. I thought, wow, that is going to be the format for this at some point. Uh, and then when the pandemic happened, it was a no-brainer with the way folks – changed their drinking rituals and the way they were drinking. It just made all the sense in the world at that point to to dive in on it, uh, despite having some hesitancies pre-pandemic about it cheapening the brand because of the negative connotations around bag and box stuff, which we're getting away right. from. But when the pandemic happened, I thought, yeah, this is perfect. People want this in the fridge right now. I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead, buy the equipment that we need to be able to do it and see how the world responds.
0: It's awesome. So I I I think it's awesome. I had one in my fridge throughout the pandemic.
1: <laughs> I, I think, appreciate I think, that.
0: I think we bought like th- went through like two or three of them throughout the pandemic. It's just it's so great because it's like it's it is a perfect Negroni. And I mean, it's just yeah, it's super convenient. So at the end of the day, if you want just a cocktail and you know, you don't want to make it, um, you can get what I felt was a very what I feel is a very like, you know, craft cocktail bar quality negroni um but just in the fridge so yeah and I, 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 it was funny to me that i really had never seen that before and i just thought it was brilliant
1: well thank you yeah no one had ever really done it before but it was a pivot that a lot of folks agreed with you on as far as the usability of it it, it just was something that was easy and there was so much complication going on in the world there still is obviously but yeah it was nice to just have a cocktail waiting for you at home so
0: how did you decide that that – like so obviously, there was the, the bitter and the Amaro existed. How did you decide you wanted to start making cocktails? What was the process of that in, from a business standpoint? And were you at all concerned when you were doing them, especially just given the like association people have with Campari when it comes to the Negroni or Aperol when it comes to Spritz, that you would have any sort of like pushback from consumers?
1: I actually thought that the ready-to-drink cocktails would help kind of curb that concern that a consumer might have, and we launched the Negroni in bottles, in single-serve 100ml bottles before we launched the Inferno Bitter, and the concept there was there isn't a single-serve ready-to-drink Negroni that's on the market right now. So we we, we launched that, and and we got it out there, and and that was May of 2018, and – At the time, there was a lot of negative uh, connotations around ready-to-drink cocktails in general. People just associated them with being sugary and out of balance. And we were one of the first sort of craft ready-to-drink cocktail pioneers. And that came with its challenges for sure. But the goal of launching the Negroni at the time when we launched it was that folks would try it, realize, wow, this is a proper Negroni. And then when we launched the Inferno Bitter then there would be built-in demand and understanding that this bitter Apertivo is bitter enough, which we've seen many Apertivi hit the US market um, in the last 5, 10 years that maybe were more natural than Campari or produced in smaller batches than Campari, but they didn't necessarily have that bitter backbone. Interesting. Uh, so we use the Negroni sort of as like, hey, try the Negroni. if you tr- It's low risk seven, six, seven bucks on the shelf, try one. And when you realize it's a good Negroni, you can buy more of these. And then eventually you can make your own Negroni at home. And then we didn't exactly have it all planned out, but then eventually you could also buy a bag and box of it.
0: Awesome. So you, you weren't like nervous that the Negroni business would sort of eat into the Inferno Bitter business?
1: No, I, I think that there's certainly a place in the same home for both of them. There's people who want to make negronis at home and those folks can can use our inferno bitter and there's folks who who perhaps want a negroni waiting for them on home or want a negroni on a flight which the 100 ml bottle is TSA friendly. Uh not to say that the airline is okay with it, but you you can you can carry it onto an airplane for sure. Um I'm assuming you've done that <laughs> Yes, that is a safe <laughs> assumption. Adam. Uh, hopefully, no one from the uh, from the TSA listening. But yeah, of course, the uh, the convenience of being able to get through security with a proper cocktail is uh, is awesome. Come yeah, on. we've been tagged in a lot of thirty thousand feet photos of folks enjoying really? their Yeah, it's it's interesting. They land and they're like, "That was a good flight." They post it, and it's 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 fun.
0: That's awesome. Um, so I think that, you know, what, what's also really cool about your brand, um, is the branding. So wh- like, how did you, what, what has gone into that sort of conceptually for you guys? Like, first of all, I think your bottle shapes are really interesting. They they very much like stand out in terms of, you know, it's, it's sort of like an, an I don't want to say it's a triangle, but you know what I'm trying to, to, to paint a picture for the, for the folks at home. Um, how much have you thought about the brand um and you know was that stuff that you came up with? Did you work with a branding agency um in what what went into the creation of santa agrestos
1: adam i um uh, I'm almost ashamed to admit how much time we thought about packaging and continue to think about packaging <laughs> it's 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 such an ongoing and continuous we're always we always want it to be better and better and better and and it's all very, very thoughtful. So there's nothing everything's intentional about the San Agrestis packaging. We uh-huh. want it to feel a certain way. And the development of the package soup to nuts um was I'd say 80% internal. There's there's certainly an element of it that we as um you know, the people who visualize things and and had ideas for them and wanted to Convey that look and feel. Some things were just outside of our expertise, and that with, for that stuff, we we worked with with some really talented graphics folks who can you know create the label that ends up becoming the St. Agrestis Negroni or Amaro label. But the the bottles were bottles that we literally drew up ourselves, and then shopped around and tried to find a, a person who can a company who could create custom glass in the in the shape. And size that we were looking for, which comes with its challenges for sure. Yeah. And we definitely didn't do anything the easy way. Going the custom glass route means everything about it has to be custom. Uh, our 750 ml bottles are, are custom. That means it's a, it's a custom top. Uh, every label has to be shaped after you have a sample. After you have the sample, you get the label shape, then you design it. Uh, it all takes a lot longer. But to your point about a lot of Brand association, or I should say cocktail association, and um affinity towards these classic Italian brands. We knew it had to, to really look the part in order for folks to to give it a chance.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think what was the decision to do the the leather at the top, the like the tag that I feel like you guys have also become known for? Was that as well just a way that it popped, you know, to have it pop on the shelf?
1: I feel like I call it. Louise Law, but it's kind of like Murphy's Law or entre- <laughs> or Entrepreneur's Law. Everything that can go wrong, especially as it pertains to packaging, will go wrong. And the reason we ended up with what is at the top is because we had labels that looked really good. They were neckers that, that came in and they looked incredible on a on a screen, Adam, but they looked terrible in real life. We could not roll them out when we changed That custom Amaro and Inferno bitter bottle, they just wouldn't have looked the part. So started to go back and come up with something that would premiumize it. And we 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 decided on this faux leather look that again, like has these associations back to Italy, but also has a modern look to it. Uh, And then we end up putting a pin on it because we couldn't find anyone that had an adhesive like faux leather that was an adhesive that also could hold the that piece up. So we put a pin into it as a, okay, well the pin will hold the thing together. And then now we have an adhesive, but we haven't done away with the pin because bartenders and consumers just love getting a bottle of St. Agresta tomorrow, And when they're finished with it, boom, they have a, a pin for their apron or, or to wear on their hat or whatever. That's amazing.
0: So um, you're obviously you're selling them online as well. All the products, uh how has that has that gotten more insane during the pandemic? Did you see a lot more people buying online uh and how much is that a focus of the business moving forward?
1: Online effectively didn't exist for us directly on our website until the start of the pandemic. So so it's hard to say that it's increased cuz it, it, you couldn't the only right. thing you could buy on SaintAgrestis.com pre-pandemic was a tour or a tasting at our at our tasting room in Greenpoint. Those were the only things you could buy. So we kind of had a website that you know had products on it, but they were tours and tasting products. They weren't um, they weren't the actual spirits and cocktails that we produce. But as soon as the laws sort of changed in New York that allowed us to sell to folks within New York. We made the website, we we changed the website and allowed folks to be able to do that. We were able to get a lot of folks immediately because we also were producing some hand sanitizer at the time and there was no hand sanitizer. Oh, so the the yeah. timing was perfect because folks wanted hand sanitizer. We were giving a 50 ml of free, really nice smelling and and uh effective hand sanitizer away with any purchase on sanagrestis.com. And the that sort of kickstarted our online business, and it was only available in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens. But it's now expanded to 35 or so states. That um, it's pretty complicated to get the actual products to. I. It seems like a direct to consumer uh, experience for folks because you're going to our website, but there's a lot of compliant third parties that actually do a lot of the money collection like they we we don't receive that money it's a pretty convoluted process but okay. that's the only way to do it legally but the whole point is we have the customers coming to us now and if we spend a dime in marketing we're actually marketing for them to come to us and they get the spirits at their at their home delivered and it's a focus that we are where where thinking is never going to go away right that's so cool, man. So
0: in terms of like the, the core, do you have plans to add more? Have you thought about it? Like what could be coming down the, the pipeline?
1: We're constantly R&Ding and, and, and innovating. We've done a lot of innovation in packaging, which, which you've already paid some tribute to, not just today, but in previous episodes as well. So thank you, Adam. Um, but we have a spritz on the market and that spritz does have – a, an aperitivo that doesn't exist yet. A lot of folks think it's the Inferno Bitter because the Inferno Bitter does exist, but we have another right. aperitivo on the market called Paradiso. And I'm sorry, not on the market. We have another. <laughs> I guess we have maybe another, soon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually probably not happening this year. We had okay. it all set to launch April of 2020, and we decided that couldn't have been, there couldn't have been a worse time to launch something, especially when we believed that product would have had so many applications in bars and restaurants. So we decided not to launch it then. We thought maybe we'll launch it over the summer last summer, but that still was definitely not the time. And then as we moved into 2021, we just figured it made more sense to maintain focus on the things that are still on the market. But that being said, the Paradiso will come out eventually. The, the the formulas, the labels, everything for it is ready to go. It is a wine based aperitivo, so registered as wine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, akin to a Capaletti, but uh, flavor profile wise, pretty different from Capaletti. A lot more fresh citrus, a um, little less sweet, more herbal, um, and has a nice bitter finish to it. Really designed around the spritz. Uh, and then a couple of other fun things that. We'll see what happens with them. We have a a frozen Negroni, kind of like a flavor ice, but what? in Negroni form that's going to be coming out this summer. Cool. And we haven't announced that or anything, but you you know, I'm I'm happy to leak it here if you will. It's going to be um it's going to be a 12% alcohol uh so half the alcohol of our actual Negroni so we can achieve a frozen Negroni at 24%. It separates, but it doesn't freeze. Right. Um and it's it's like an adult flavor ice or an adult ice pop. Uh, That's super cool. Yeah, we're excited about those. We we think that during the summertime, they're just a fun way to enjoy a, a frozen Negroni in, in a little bit of a different way. And we're continuing to explore different ways that folks want to drink uh, the types of spirits and cocktails that, that we make. So we might innovate some more in format. We have other fun ideas. Some of them are really... I have an idea that I think is maybe the best idea we've ever had. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but okay. <laughs> I, I, just can't, I just can't accomplish it right now. There's just no technology that's perfect for this format um, that, I, that I really want to launch of, of one of our products, but it's not possible at the moment.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So, do you guys, um, are you, you mentioned the tasting room. Are you, have you reopened your tasting room? What's happened since, you know, in, in the last year for you
1: uh, in that regard? The tasting room is still closed. We okay. we didn't set the tasting room up. And it opened just months before the pandemic, but we didn't set it up with a pandemic in mind obviously. Right. It's right in the middle of our production space. So until now, it has felt like it would have been super irresponsible for us to risk having to shut the factory down because there's no just open to the public entrance. You'd have to walk directly to the middle of our production facility. And if you need to use the restroom, you got to walk through the production facility. So we have decided at this point that it just continues to make sense to stay production-focused at the facility.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Well, Louis, this was a really interesting conversation, and I mean – I, I love all the perspectives that you you brought in terms of how you guys built the brand, um, the story behind it that I didn't I wasn't aware of. I'm a huge fan of your products. Um, so I, I would tell everyone here who listens, if, if you have not ever had San Agresis, you need to. Um, the you know, what you guys are doing is really cool. And I think around the packaging and innovation to hear sort of how you concepted that is smart. You guys are doing very, very, very innovative things there, which I think is crazy, right? Because I mean you think about it we've had as you said bag in box for wine forever the fact that you decided to put a cocktail in there to me is this no-brainer that no one had thought of before and you know now you're doing it i mean i'm sure you're gonna have people obviously now take your idea and copy it because it's it's just it's it's like oh of course but i mean huge huge kudos to you man like the stuff you're doing is awesome um and yeah i thank you so much for coming on the podcast i wish you nothing but more success
1: Adam, obviously, uh, your, your kind words mean a whole lot to us, and we appreciate all of that, your support in all the ways, and, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you as well.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the VinePair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vinepair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my Vinepair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible, and also to Keith Beavers, Vinepair tastings director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the Vinepair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.